When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to Group Text. I've got someone on today that I'm very excited. Alicia Reiner, the very definition, shall I say, of character actor, and in the most complimentary way, Orange in the New Black, Better Things, Sideways, The Deuce, How to Get Away with Murder, Masters of Santa Rosewood, that's like the old stuff. That's not even the new stuff. But most recently, <laughs> the giant hit. Ms. Marvel. Woohoo! Woohoo! You have won an Obie. You have won a SAG Award. You have won and won and won and won and won. And now you have partnered with Izzy Zero Waste Beauty, the world's first zero waste beauty line. Unbelievable. I'm so happy you found time with me. Possible. I'm so excited to spend time with you. And you may not remember, but I have been to your house also on a zero waste journey when I taught you about zero waste cooking. Oh man, that was a long time ago. A long time ago. That was that's right. Hi, how are you? Where I did a fridge raid with you. Yes, you did it. And I like made amazing, we we made amazing meals out of your leftovers. Yes, we did. And as I like to say, uh, uh, yes, said the blind man as he spit into the wind. It all comes back (laughs) to me now. How are you? You No, it was such, it was such a nightmare. No, Um, I'm good. I'm really good. I'm very excited to be here today. And how is your most adorable daughter? She's so good. It's so funny. Actually, right before this, she was like playing with my, all of my lip glosses, all of my zero waste beauty. I, you've been into this whole zero waste thing for a long time. Yeah, it's, it's for real. Like since I was Liv's age, since I was my kid's age. So I'm, whenever there's a way to make zero waste or environmentalism creative and fun and joyful I'm in I am so not about shame or blame or guilt like if you go there with it I'm like bye but if it's about fun and joy and innovation I am so in explain zero waste to people so zero waste is exactly what it sounds like when you make something it there is nothing will get thrown away. So with our example here with Izzy, everything is what's called circular economy. So you'll notice that our, like I have the little lip gloss here, it's metal. It can get recycled 10,000 times. It's the same um, steel that's used for like medical implements. Yeah, it's it's, it's surgical grade. Correct. So what you do when, like, what you'll do is you'll 
send it back to us and we'll refill it fresh. And we have a, a very like patent pending, super cool, innovative way to clean everything. So it's all like super, super, super clean. We then clean that water and reuse that water. The actual, there's a tiny bit of plastic in here in the actual wand, which we melt down and recreate. So every time you'll have a fresh wand. Um, And then the product itself is like beautiful and amazing and clean and good for your body and all that good stuff. So it brings me outrageous joy when someone thinks of something so innovative that really disrupts beauty. When you think about, I think it's billions of pounds of plastic that the beauty industry creates and all of that waste to think about a different way to do it and something that is useful and pretty and all the good words makes me outrageously happy. Well, I got to tell you, I used the mascara for the first Uh time this morning. Loving it. Right? It looks like you have fake lashes. It totally does. It's fantastic. And the lip gloss is great. So I'm excited to endorse this today because I'm loving it. From everything I've read about Izzy and how they manufacture the products, it's all very deliberate. Yes, exactly. It's very thoughtful. It's, and thought through. Mm-hmm. Do you see this as the future of manufacturing? I don't think we have a choice. Like personally, I think we're going to get to a place where we don't have a choice. I'm, I'm always a big fan of being ahead of the curve and doing it out of desire as opposed to lack of choice. Um, And in this case, the way I like to see it is it's, it's like, we're going back to the way our grandma did things. You know, we, we did a partnership this month with the, um, for plastic free July with um, the package free shop, which is an incredible, incredible place run by my friend Lauren Singer. And it's the way our grandmas did things. You know, it's like everything's in jars and metal and we can do it. And if we think of it as like, oh, this is cool as opposed to, oh, this is annoying. It's really, it's a reframe and it's just about how you think about it. You know, like when we buy things in bulk, when we buy things there's, you know, another friend of mine has an amazing thing called um, imperfect produce where you can buy imperfect produce and it gets sent to you and it still tastes just as good. It just means like it's not as carrot, pretty. Right. The carrot might have two, two prongs, which, you know, it's a kinky carrot. It's cool. What's the problem? Yeah, I've, I've actually seen ads for that. Um I think what people also want to know is how is the product different? Because it's not just about the recycling and the fact that you then, I mean, it comes in a, in a, the packaging and you're supposed to send the packaging back and you send that and, and it goes back and forth. And the whole thing about every 90 days you get a new mascara. I mean, how is, how is the product different and how long did it take to manufacture, to get the quality that is, because that's what I'm shocked at. 
So what's, I think what's really important to know is that the, the beauty innovators behind this, like the actual people who make the formulas are people who have been in beauty forever. They're not people who've been in eco-friendly beauty forever. Interestingly enough, they've just worked at the biggest brands and then educated themselves about how to do what they've always done with more environmentally friendly ingredients. And that's what they've done. So all of the ingredients are organic and are paraben free and free of all the nasties, right? But it, I think their desire to make it this higher level of quality is very clear when you try the product. I was going to say, it has that very expensive, luxurious feel. It's not the lip gloss doesn't feel sticky. The mascara is not clumpy. Exactly. It's like, it's of the worlds of the Chanel's and the Lancome's and, you know, the stuff that we grew up on um, that our parents love, you know, that I, I personally coveted as a teenager but now we have learned how to make that in an environmentally friendly way. Okay. We got to talk about Ms. Marvel. Blown yeah. away. The production, the message, the storytelling, the authenticity. Did you ever think in your wildest dreams you were going to be on a superhero series? Never in a billion kajillion years. And that, the, you know, Marvel is so crazy secretive that I got the call and it was like, there, I got the call that there was like a maybe, like there's, you know, there's this thing that might have, you know, and then it was this offer came in and they wouldn't even tell me the real name of my character until we signed the contract. So I didn't get to read anything. I didn't get to like read a single word. I was told I was playing this like dummy name that was incorrect until the contract was signed. And then they told me, this is who actually who you're playing. Um, And then it's hilarious because I had worked with one of the directors before and I texted her and Marvel is so serious about their NDAs and their secret like And so I didn't even want to say to her, I'm working on her show. I was just like, hey, I'm going to be in Atlanta. I heard you're going to be in Atlanta, hoping she would know that I was in it. And she didn't know it. Like, I wasn't allowed to say to her that I was in it. And she didn't know that I was in it. So it wasn't until I actually got there that she was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Surprise. Yeah. But okay. so is it true that you only get the pages that are your pages? The, that it, it was true the first couple of episodes and then they finally started giving me like the, the whole script. Yeah. So you get, you wear normal human clothes. I do. On the show. Have you? So far, I have not turned into a superhero or a supervillain. You never know. No, you never know. Did, did you look at the other actors getting to wear all these, these crazy costumes and think to yourself, God, that would be fun. And then after I, spending time with them and realizing they pretty much can't go to the bathroom all day, think, well, first of all, I don't yeah. want ever to do that. First of all, you know, Iman, who plays Ms. Marvel, I 
do not envy her at all because not only is she wearing she's wearing a sick costume it's awesome you know thank you Ardash for making all of our costumes spectacular but um but on a deeper level she is wearing so many knee pads and elbow pads and pads everywhere for um and she's she took so many tumbles and even though she had a stunt double like what it did to her body was bazunkers really bazunkers bazunkers yeah yeah Um, and getting in and out of those costumes is not a lot of fun either no and once you're in you're in you're in for the day yeah how long does it how do you must you come into hair and makeup like hi I'm here for an hour out you go thank god I never had to worry about that on this one I it's funny right after this I did a movie where um I was more than half the movie I was like bloodied up and it took a good 45 minutes to do like the blood on my face and down my neck and in my hair every day and I was like oh I'm so glad this is not part of my daily daily routine. Well, it's so funny. And then you forget and you walk by a mirror and you're like, woo, <laughs> oh catches God. you so by surprise. Scary. So scary. Totally. And and also when you, you know, like you have a I would we were shooting in um, I guess like right near Malibu. And we would have like sometimes I'd have a couple hours off and I'd just like go into town. <laughs> <laughs> you just forget. Totally. And people are like, oh my God, are you okay? You, I, should I go to the police? I'm exactly. like, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Blink sorry. if you need help. Um, yeah. Or do you think we're going to get to see more of Agent Deaver? I know you can't say for sure. I, I don't, I have no idea, but the um, I, I also feel like the most blessed human on the planet because, you know, Department of Damage Control can cross over into the other shows. And, um, as you you know, uh, it we were first really introduced heavily in in Spider Man with Ariane, and uh, and then he came on to this show. So hopefully the two of us will have a lot more wandering to do. There you go. Now you broke through playing Natalie Figaro on Orange Is the New Black. Uh, New Black. Easy for me to say. Mm-hmm. The character really evolved over six seasons. Does there? What did there come a point? where you're advising the writers on what Fig would say and not say or do and not do? I, you know, by the end, I'm advising the writers is a very strong term. Advising, let me think of a better word. Suggesting, collaborating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely collaborating. Like definitely, I think the truth is they wrote her so well that I didn't have to do much. Do you know what I mean? Like I would read what was going on and then I would, you know, for example, and like, I don't know if you saw the chocolate eating scene, but like the minute I read that he brought her chocolate, I was like, I want to be eating chocolate that entire scene. You know, I want my mouth full on these lines. Um, so it's that kind of collaborative element and the like the physicality of it. It's also, especially when it's sexual physicality, you want to have a very safe collaborative relationship with your co-star. Um, 
and your directors. Um, but I, I have to say they wrote her so beautifully. We definitely had philosophical conversations between seasons about who she was and how she was evolving and conversations about who she was in reference to or in, uh, how do I want to say, what was going on in the world at that moment in ICE, in um, the world of the industrial prison complex. And so we definitely had some deep philosophical conversations about how that could be reflected. But I can't say that I wrote a word of that character, which is really different from a lot of characters. You know, I just finished a movie where I played a life coach and um, a life coach who like also was, had written a bestseller and I did a lot of research and the writer was incredibly collaborative because there were certain lines where I very specifically said, I feel like her language is so like the language of someone who's a life coach, very different than you or I like they, there's buzzwords. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, like I did my research, so I knew those buzzwords and those phrases. And I would say to her, can she say this instead, you know, and she was super collaborative about it. And I think it makes it both stronger and more authentic, but also really freaking funny, you know? I mean, you play so many characters that are quirky and edgy. And I would think, and, and, and just hear you talk about it, you seem to be really create a deep inner life for your characters that allows their quirky to shine through from a very real place. Yeah. Do you think you're just attracted to those parts because they're more interesting people? I think, I think it's this, it's an interesting, I mean, to me, there's like this deep philosophical thing that happens where like the roles magnetize to you and you magnetize to the roles. Have I certainly said no to certain things because it feels a little too shiny and surfacy? Yeah. Yeah, I have. And as an actor, it's always so scary saying no to things. But oh my God, because you don't know where your next job is coming from. It's so scary. But if a character is like, like I've seen this character a hundred times or I've read this story a hundred times. And particularly if it's a story I don't think needs to be told on this planet anymore, you know. The ugly duckling story, I think we could really do well with never telling that story as a society ever again. Yes. Because it, it first of all, puts so much weight on looks, you know, and like, and then it also, it's so dichotomized. It's like, well, once you were ugly and then you're pretty as opposed to like everything in life is gray matter, you know, like there's, there's not pretty and ugly. Like, I hate that. Like, we're all beautiful and we're all really ugly all at the same time. And uh, that's the most interesting part of humanity. So with every character, like with Deaver, people see her as a villain. I don't think she's a villain. Like, I can't think of her as a villain. 
I see her as someone just trying to keep these kids safe because let's be honest, I have a 13 year old. If she had superpowers, that could be really fucking dangerous. Oh, you know, by the way, any teen. Right. With superpowers they, is not OK. Dangerous. Especially teenage girls. Right. Oh, my God. So, to keep everybody safe like I'm not trying to be disrespectful I'm not prejudiced I'm just trying to keep everybody safe and I don't care what color or what race she is like that's how Deaver sees it you know right and people I think very often forget with actors and actresses especially when they embody characters especially I'm thinking like in the Marvel universe that they think someone who's evil is just evil rather than that they don't see what they're doing is necessarily bad. No, no. And, you know, I, I believe that for most people, one of my, um, we're in Fair Island right now and we have a guest right now who's um, a wonderful woman named Michelle Gainless, who used to be the president of Company Central. And I we produced a movie together called Egg. Um, highly recommend. You can watch it on iTunes. And uh, it came out a couple years ago. And one of the things she taught me as someone in business and as like was a president of a huge corporation is always assume positive intent. And most, I think we need that in this country more than ever, that most people aren't trying to hurt you, right? Right. Most people aren't trying to do bad in the world. They're assume positive intent. That doesn't mean they're doing the best thing, but. Or that they're right. Right. But they're. I think when we come from an assumption of positive intent, it allows us all more compassion and more space for agreement and for finding a solution as opposed to just attacking each other. It's a very interesting way to look at it. I haven't thought about that, but I'm, I'm going to now. You know, the advice always given to me in meetings and auditions and all that is just remember the better they want you to do well because it makes their jobs easier totally 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 you want to go in and and you you they want to like what you're pitching or they want to like your meeting or they want to like your audition because you're just making them look better and their job easier totally and it's it's always a very interesting way to think of it and as i often say to my son let's come up with the way to make you succeed rather than looking and saying is, well, if you do this, you're going to fail. Let's set you up to succeed. Totally. Ah, such a beautiful way to see it. Yeah. Well that, you know, I got a few other ones that aren't so good. Like, well, this is a good teen one for you. I'll share this one with you. I, I think you better, uh, I, I think you need to think of, think seriously about the next thing that's about to come out of your mouth. Oh, they think before it says. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just, you know, because when, you know, when you're like, you get to the count of five, doesn't work anymore. You're like, I think you stop and think very carefully about what's about yep. to come out, what the next thing is about to come over out of your mouth. Because if I don't yep. like it, this is not going to end well for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I bequeath that upon you. Um, what, what, I know it's hard to pick and they're all your babies and they're all your favorite which of the women you played has been the most fun? 
Oh, the most fun. I mean, I might have to go fig just cause sometimes she said things that, you know, it's like we all have been in situations where we're like the next day or three days later, you're like, oh, I wish I'd said that. And she always said it right in the room, you know, like yeah. that and night, <laughs> you know, there were so many great, she, she was the queen of the diatribe. Um, and it was always super smart and super witty and super funny. And it was always fascinating to me. I mean, I wrote a whole backstory for her that I never even told the writers that she had really wanted to be a lawyer um, and didn't pass the bar. She tried three different times, but she was slightly dyslexic and went to law school, couldn't pass the bar, but like super smart woman from Staten Island, um, huge ambition and decided like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to do it this way instead. And I'm going to do it through my, you know, my husband and make sure he becomes King in that Macbeth kind of way. Um, and so it was so delicious playing this woman who said all the things that you wish you kind of said, you know? Which role do you wish you could go back and do again? Either because where you are in your life gives you a different perspective or just because it satisfied something inside you? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, a role I would love to do again. There have been some stage roles that I've done um, that I would love to do again, just because they were such extraordinary humans to, to, to embody on a daily basis. My first job out of school um, was, I did a one woman show about Virginia Woolf at the Edinburgh Festival and love the edinburgh festival god it was extraordinary and playing her every night was such a journey i mean what a spectacular human to embody and really 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 hard because the end of every night was you know she would the end of the play was she commit went off stage to commit suicide because that's because an, that's an upper to leave the theater on for the actress yeah yeah I mean, and it's so funny, I made a, for those of you who don't know about the Edinburgh Theater Festival, it's like play after play after play at, at these venues. And so the the company that was coming on after our show was a musical company. And I made friends with the drummer because every day I would come off stage his, basically hysterically crying and he just... We didn't know each other, but he would just give me this huge hug. Um, and he ended up being the drummer at our wedding um, because we became dear friends because he like my husband wasn't there. Nobody was there in Scotland and uh, and I wasn't married at the time, obviously. Um, and he would just comfort me after that 
experience. Um, so she's someone, I've, you know, I've been really lucky to play some real life humans like Virginia Woolf. I also played an extraordinary woman named Tina Modatti, who was an artist and photographer and spy. Um, and playing her every night was incredible. So I think those are some of the lives I would love to go back to and play with more because it was so fun embodying those lives. Okay, you are from, you brought up your husband, who was a wonderful actor. Agreed. And a, 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 a wonderful comedic, comedic actor. Yeah. Which is a whole separate skill set. So totally. you've got a double actor home life family yeah and a 13 year old <laughs> yeah. how do you pull this off and have you hit the point with your daughter that she is absolutely horrified to be around you or what anyone has seen either of your work um so the good news is david and i still like each other which is nutty because we've known each other since i was 20. Um, we met doing Shakespeare in Vermont and, um, and we really like each other today. Like there are some days where we really don't like each other, but recently we've been in a real, oh my God, I like you. Um, and with my daughter, she recently went away, which I highly recommend, like make sure that as Khalil Gibran says in all relationships, marriages, children, make sure there are spaces in your togetherness. And I think over COVID, we all got so close. And then it's been really nice to have some spaces, particularly as 13 hit. Um, So where is she at camp? She's well, she's we're in Fire Island here and she's a counselor in training and she's doing junior lifeguard and junior firefighting. I'm a firefighter out here. So um, it's, I think one of my biggest pieces of advice for teens is keep them busy. Be like, wear them out, wear them out. Just like when they were tiny, like it's the same, the same shit that works for toddlers works for teens. I really believe. And the same boundary stuff works too. Like it's a, it's exactly what you're saying. Counting to five doesn't work anymore, but you do want to say things like think carefully before that next thing comes out of your mouth. Um, and no, but then you have to add because it might not end well for you. Right. Right. And, and she's now, she's a mother's helper out here too. So she's, it's so cute hearing her talk about, um, like talk to other mothers as, as if she's a mother, you know, like she, she's like the mother's helper. And she's like, yeah, I use the if then statement a lot. My mom used that with me and it, you know, I, it really works for my kids. Like it's so cute. Now you just mentioned something that I was not aware of. You are a firefighter in Fire Island. I am. Okay. Yeah. So did you the do like the full fire training, running yeah. up and down the stairs with the thing on your back? Yeah. I did not know that um, when I when I signed up for this, I didn't realize you have to you have to train as if you're FDNY. Like there's no like special volunteer training. It's the same training for everybody. So yes, you have to 
um, run upstairs with 78 pounds of equipment on your back. You have to go through a maze blindfolded with um, oxygen on. And I mean, it's, it's super intense training. Um, How long was the training? Three months. Wow. That's dedication. When I wrapped Shining Veil in October, I had three months off before like the reshoots for Ms. Marvel. And um, I was like, okay, I want to do this. And it's, it, I cried many, 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 many days. And I'll tell you my best friend, Deb Khan, when I, like after my first day and I couldn't stop crying because I was like one of the only girls, probably the only Jewish girl, um, definitely the only girl who designed her own lip gloss. And, uh, (laughs) and I, you know, I was being taught by a lot of older white men who didn't necessarily think that girls belong in fire service. Um, and they weren't the kindest to me. Um, and they did it out of love. I truly believe now, like out of production, it's like, you know, they would always say like the fire doesn't care if you're a volunteer, like the fire just wants to kill you. And so they wanted to keep me tough. Um, and my best friend said to me, I was like, I can't do it. And she said to me, do your best. And if you fail, it will be the best thing you ever teach your daughter that you did your best and you failed and that's okay. And I was like, okay. <laughs> don't you hate, or as I often say, don't come at me with your logic. And like such smart, beautiful parenting logic. Yeah, but don't, so, don't, 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 don't give me your logic. I don't, don't like it. Like, and, I didn't hire you to be my friend to be that smart. I hired you to, yeah, be funny. Um, so I thought she, you know, she, she's incredibly smart and incredibly funny and incredibly loving. And so I, I did it. And when I passed, I, I, she was one of the first people I called and I said, I'm a bad mom, but I'm going to be a really good firefighter. Well, you're, um, you're not a bad mom. Um, so what is next besides enjoying your little time off in Fire Island? Yeah, I'm, um, well, I just finished these two little indies and then I have another indie that I'm doing in August. And then we start season two of Shining Vale. Alicia, it is always so nice to catch up with you. You too. Such a joy. Thank you so much. Everyone needs to check out Izzy Beauty. I'm I'm very happy in it today. I'm so yeah. glad I tried it before I talk yeah. to you. I will I'm going to be becoming a member. So Yay. Yay. Alicia Reiner, thank you so much. Thank you. Great to see you. Ahura Media Production.